A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It was the best of times. It was the worst. She was the people's princess. We shall fight on the beaches. Oh, wait, man. These are the things that made England. We shall fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. I have a body, but of a weak and feeble woman. These are the things that made England. And a king of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England! And St. George! These are the things that made England. Hello everyone and welcome to The Things That Made England. It's a long time since we've been here, but we are back with a new episode. So the idea of this show, just in case you were not aware, is to decide on what things made England as she is. The country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of. So as you know, one of us, every time we do this, which is not every week now, pitches an idea to the other to be designated as one of the things that made England distinctive or, on the other hand, not. And before anyone says, we never don't put anything in the cabinet, well, we do. Or we did it once. We put, apparently, we didn't put the sun in. Right, so there. there we go. Anyway, so, and then there's Rule 33B, which dictates that it doesn't have to be unique to England. It just has to be something that the English find very important and has formed the way they are. Okay. Is that Alice Clar and Alice in Ordnung? I am joined today by Luke Baxter. Hello, Luke. Hello, David, and Happy New Year, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Oh, yes. Yeah. Happy, happy New Year. First um, Luke, year. Is, is Luke a diminutive a ball? No. No. Nobody calls you Lulu. Um, nobody who's still alive, no. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. No, no, Luke. Do people call you Dave? I don't see you as a Dave. Yeah, meet, meet Dave, swims like a fish. Dave or Chuff is another one. Chuff. Or, yeah, Chuff or Bushhead. Right. Um, or Bugs, actually, bugs. interestingly enough. As in I bunny? quite like Bugs. As in, no, there's a complicated story to do with a Welsh rabbit. It's okay. quite dull, actually. Right. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, Arthur. Do you know Lucky Luke? Look, Lucky uh, Luke. Bien sûr. No. Oui. Bien sûr. Uh-huh. Yeah. Extra. Wait, wait. Wait, wait. That's my, my Belgian childhood. That's why I'm into Asterix as well. Oh, is that right? Is he Belgian? Tantin, tantin. Or... Yeah. Well, Belgian French. Yeah. Tantin, yeah. Anywho, um, so the topic today is beer, Luke. And I would like to say, I think I can see already from the outset a couple of major problems with this topic. Would you uh-huh. like me to tell you what they are or would you I, like to volunteer them? No, I'd much rather you told me exactly what they are. Okay. So, number one, the inconvenient fact is that beer has been brewed by countries all over the world since time immemorial, as Ronnie Barker would have said. That's very true. Uh, so, I mean, come on. Something that made England? I don't think so. Well, that's an argument we've got ahead. Mentioned in Gilgamesh. Yes, indeed. Right yep. from the beginning of civilization, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. When was that then? Was that what nineteen seventy-eight down the Bull and Bush? 
Gilgamesh, was he? I think it was it predates yeah. that a little. Morning, Gilgamesh. How you doing? You normal? That sort of thing. What's that? Uh, it was a Babylonian. Well, it's the first written story, isn't it? Right. Okay. You're much more erudite than I am. Okay. Very good. So, number two, is there anything uniquely English about beer in the British context? Although I can apply Rule Thirty Three B as dispensation on that one, mm, but it's a thing that made England because it's important to the English. So, I suspect there are a few truths that are generally and universally believed about the English and beer, Luke. I've got two of them, and if you'd like to add any, I'd be delighted for you to hear it. Number one, the English drink warm, flat beer, and it's gross. Yeah, I've got that in my notes. I think... Discuss the warm beer thing of stereotype law. I'd call it. Yeah, indeed. A stereotype law. Of stereotype law. I was being a bit... Ah, L-O-R-E rather than L-A-W. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, Although I think that's a colonial thing, really. You know, it's those damn colonials fighting back. Um, Although, do the Europeans think that? Yes. Uh, The uh, the Spanish totally mock us constantly about our love of warm beer. Really? What about the Belgians? But the... What, do they mock us or do they have warm beer? They have. Well, I thought they did have warm beer. No, not no. I think it's mostly us. Okay. We, and we don't have warm beer. We don't have warm beer anyway, yes. yes. You don't have proper beer served warm anyway. Um, so that's number one, that we drink mm-hmm. warm, flat beer and it's gross. And uh, number two, the English are complete pissheads and mm. they are binge drinkers and everyone here drinks too much and gets pissed up on brigade on a friday night and vomits on down the gutters uh, no how could you possibly <laughs> say that <laughs> is that right are you saying that's not true or are you uh, saying no. people don't say that yeah, no i think i think it's uh people say it and it is true ah that wasn't sound effects listeners that was me opening a real beer i thought that was very good very effective sound <laughs> effects actually putting the can on a pint of beer i've got some beer with me but i don't um uh, i haven't got an opener oh i've got, I, I've got one i can lend you mine but uh that'd be great if you could yeah. put it down online that'd be great yeah. Yeah. anyway before we noodle too much so That's let right. me give you a couple of facts well, um, on the, the number two one about the English pissheads and drink too much. Um, tell me, in Europe, the country that is has the lowest death rate due to alcohol. Is it England? There's a group of them, right? But one of them is in, one of them is England, right? Okay. Um, can you tell me which countries, which areas of Europe have the highest death rate? Due to alcohol? Would it be Due like, to alcohol. Right, I'd have, I'd have gone sort of Poland and Eastern Europe. Yeah, it's quite a lot in Eastern Europe, to be yeah. fair. But actual fact, it's... Uh, so I think one is um, in Slovenia. Yeah. The other one is in Bremen, apparently, is number two. Bremen? In and Germany? Poland is number two. No, that the Bremen just off the uh, Fulham Road. Yes, of course, Germany. Oh, sorry. Entschuldigung. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, is that anything funny, Luke? Don't be upset with me. I love you really. It was just, you know, <laughs> Bremen, Germany. No. Well, it, yeah, that's, well I mean, I, it could have been Holland, actually. That's Breda. Actually, weirdly, right. my beer my beer owner is from Breda in Holland. I don't know why. Is it? Well, it's there you go. It's not... Not from Bremen, then. Anyway, no, I move sorry. on. We digress. Um, actually, do then have a chart mapping crime rates with alcohol rates. Which two areas do you think in uh, the England and Wales have the worst crime rates in 1902? 1902? Yeah, 1902. Ah, right. Um, Inner City London and Birmingham. Okay, one more? One more Uh, guess, because there are three of them. Loughborough. (laughs) People don't drink in Loughborough. People just wear halos all the time in Loughborough. That's all we do. Um, No, the answer is London. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, Birmingham is a model of sobriety. 
the northeast Newcastle. Yeah, I wasn't so going to say Liverpool. Right, but that. then you didn't want to adhere to um, social stereotypes. Yeah. The northeast, not the northwest, and South Wales. Right. And they enti- absolutely match the highest crime rates. With the hi- highest okay. alcohol consumption rates. Indeed. This yep. is, of course, uh, 1902. So obviously that's not the case now. Okay. Be entirely well, well, I'd like you... to apologise to the people of South Wales for any suggestion that this is anything other than historical information. Would it be the case that the that that's still the true though that the alcohol consumption and crime rates there is a correlation between the two? Oh, I'd imagine that. Or drugs probably is true, system. yes. Mm. But I, I do not know. So, no. so essentially, the thing is, Luke, that actually the English don't drink that much um, alcohol. So we are, I think, num- somewhere around thirty-three uh, in Europe. Germany are far higher than us, France are way higher, the Netherlands and so on. Actually, we don't drink that much. But and we are we, not categorically pissheads. Don't we drink more to excess somehow? I mean, I, I, you know, the French probably know. sort what, of what, drink more regularly and we get drunk on a Friday night. That is a universal truth that people talk about. Um, do you have any evidence? Uh, not to hand. Other than no. watching the telly about Leeds on a Friday night. Yeah, not to hand. No. I mean, and, I've been in a, my, my knowledge of the Spanish, I would say the Spanish get less drunk, but, you know, drink. Right. You know, they, they will always have. Spain was one of the areas drink. of the world in that survey, which was d- down at the same sort of level of us in terms right. of death rate according to alcohol, as was yeah. Italy. France is right. higher. Um, yes. Um, so. My point is, I think we are maligned. Clearly, there has been drinking. I went, I spent a, an afternoon in a German pub in Leipzig once, yep. and you know, it was a bloodbath, Luke. <laughs> a bloodbath. Okay, it was also a noisy bloodbath, and there was a lot of singing, which was great, yes. actually. I have to say, and slapping um, and thighs and. A lot of thigh slapping, although yeah. this is Leipzig, no, not southern Germany, but yes, I mean, okay. there's certainly a great tradition of we're in a beer hall, we're all going to have fun, and it's great. And I think one yeah. of the things I've learned is that German beer is not gassy foreign lager, it's yeah. fantastic beer, which just yeah. happened to be a lager style. Yeah. So I've been converted very much. And we also and found out that you know a lot more about German geography than I do, I think. <laughs> I know, absolutely bugger all about Leipzig. German geography. I do. I just did have a map in front of me, so you know. Right. So, so those are a couple of you know uh, myths. I just like to puncture, um, and I can, I'm going to give you a quick history of beer in England. Um, I hope that's all right. Am I going to bore you? No, not at all. Are you sure? Very much so. Anyway, you've got your pint, so you know. I'm fine. So, <laughs> getting sloshed. Okay, sorry, beer. <laughs> ale, real ale, Luke, is not what you think it is. Actually, you've heard all this before. I did it. I did it at the conference, but try and look interested. <laughs> yeah. So, real ale is not what you think it is. Ale until the 16th century was more like porridge or soup. So, there's a lovely little tale um, from Viking, the Viking world, where the ale maidens in Valhalla who distribute their ale to the heroes carry around with them a little strainer because there's so much muck in the ale (laughs) that they have to strain it out before they can even contemplate drinking it. Um, So it's very, very different. And also there's not very much hop in it. Uh, There might be a little bit for taste reasons, but it's not beer in the way that we... Um, recognize it now. Ale houses were everywhere. Everyone drank all the time. So women, children, as well as men. Yeah. You worked and drank all the time. The old myth about it being because um, you had to kill all the bugs in the water is, largely speaking, a myth. I mean, if you're in the middle of a town, it might be true. But generally speaking, people lived near running water and there wasn't enormous amounts of runoff from illegal sewerage dumps as there is all the time. 
Mm. You live near running near uh, water supply. So that's just a myth, really. Right. They they drank beer because it was an extremely effective way of getting both calories Mm. and liquid. Yeah. No easier way. It's amazing how much they drank, though, wasn't it? It is amazing how much they drank. And actually, one one of the things that surprised me a lot was that small beer, which, of course, is, you know, 2% proof or something like that, wasn't that common until you know later in the middle ages yeah. that it wasn't the case that everybody drank this incredibly weak thing or it wasn't according to paul jennings anyway actually yeah. beer was often eight percent so yes I, and didn't they mix yeah. it there was something called table beer that they mixed for the children and the and the, the women um and they mixed it in with yes, other, I think some, that's something what I'm else water. yeah yeah and i, th- I think well, that sounds sensible, yes. Yeah. Kind of what I'm thinking of as small beer. But yeah. according to Paul Jennings, actually that doesn't appear until beer appears. Yeah, right. Which is 16th century. But you've got to doubt that, I must admit, because presumably everybody would be wandering around, you know, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I was, Having I was said just... that, you drink those eight pints a day throughout yeah. the whole day. So you're not, you know, it's not like Leeds on a Friday night. No. Yes, I mean, because I listened to something and they were saying that, you know, the, the, the daily allowance for a monk was 16 pints of beer, two gallons. Yes. Absolutely gobsmacking, isn't it? Had, had two yes. pints for God breakfast. knows what would happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, they'd have it all day long Yeah, in whatever they were doing. Mm. So there's a bit of a dispute about when lager was invented. So... A Bavarian monk found discovered it in the ninth century. Apparently, though, it's much more common after the fifteenth century, or from the fifteenth century, when it begins to uh, take over in Europe. In particular, doesn't come here till much later. But um, do you know the difference between lager and ale in terms of the brewing process? Why is lager lager? I don't know. L- lager, lager, lager. Do you know that song? That, no, lager. I don't know why is lager lager. So you get two types of ferment- mega, mega fermentation process. Mm-hmm. Lager is a bottom fermenting <clears throat> beer right. where the, excuse me. Sorry. Come Sorry. on. Sorry. I'm going to say bottom three times and well, you're not going to giggle. Okay. I won't. Bottom. <laughs> bottom. <laughs> 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 and I say again, bottom. bottom. <laughs> One must. So, it's a beer that ferments in your bottom. No, it's a beer yeah. that ferments at the bottom of the cask. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the and that's good because although it's a, works at a lower temperature and therefore takes a lot longer, that's good because it's less susceptible to the other type, which is ale, which is top fermenting ferments on top of the cask and therefore more likely to get bugs into it okay so the other difference so in the same the so you'll have, in in the same cask you will have lager and ale effectively no no completely different process you're doing okay, it a different sorry. way you no. yeah you got your cask is either a top fermenter or a bottom fermenter right what happens in the 16th century is the introduction of hops so yeah. Old ale went off within two or three days. When you introduce hops, then it preserves it and it lasts much longer. Yeah. So that has a big impact on beer. Actually, people moan about it quite a lot, actually, and it takes a while to take off here, but it takes off in Europe much more quickly and early earlier. Um, but the point about that is that Ale, old ale, was something that happened domestically. It happened all the time. Ale houses were all over the place because they were just basically somebody's front room. You just went into their house. If they put a a stick on the top of it with a bit of greenery on the end, you could go in and have a look at it. You had to, by law, you had to keep the door open. But apart from that, a wire go. Beer, once you can preserve it, it becomes a much more commercial and capital-intensive business. You can set up businesses. You can transport it it for long distances. It's capital-heavy. And, of course, the blokes take over 
Yes. Uh, it's a kind of business now. It was the, and so it was that the, domestic brewing. It was the alewives, wasn't it, who who, who ran those, those early sort of taverns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And they were incredibly informal and all over the place. Um, interestingly enough, one of the interesting things I learned for the conference is that brewer and brewster are gendered words. So a brewster is female yeah. and a brewer is male. And it's think, the same for hipster. And, ba- <laughs> and ba- it's the same for hipster. Baxter. Baker. And Baxter, Baxter, there you go. There you go. Uh, so what's a Baxter? A female baker. Is that right? In Scotland. Huh? Yeah. Baker, yeah. But all of those well, good Lord. are, um, yeah. Are By golly. Do you know, that's the great thing about podcasting, isn't it, Luke? It's a learning environment. Oh, we learn together. Indeed. Yeah. And we emerge. Yeah. From yeah. each episode, we emerge better than we were before. Stronger, so much better. Faster. <laughs> yeah. So more better. elevated. Yes. Yeah, yeah. more elevated. Slightly better looking. Yeah. Able Webster. to listen to the word bottom without sniggering. Not so much. Not so much. Okay, no. so it becomes commercialised, and by the 18th century, you've got large-scale regional brewing so it's still very regional rather than necessarily national, although it's getting more and more national as time goes by. But you get that lovely thing, which we have now lost, or actually we're regaining, but we lost for a while that, you know, you have Newquay Brown in Newcastle. Yeah. You have Everard's in Leicestershire. That kind of really regional thing that's gone now, or except for microbrewing, which we'll come to. Hook Norton from Hook Norton. It's very, very regional. Uh, yeah. And you have a pride in your local ale. So whereas globalisation comes along and now Wedgwood is made in China. Everything's wrong. The world Everything is wrong. <laughs> the war, well, it's, it's the young of today. It's the young. It it's so awful. It's the young. Yeah. The youth. Well, have you, have you... With their idle ways, hanging around, doing things in China. It's oh. the youth. Have I shown you my yeah. beers that I've got? No, I shouldn't interrupt <laughs> no, you. Are they, they going to be? You, leave them till later. We'll come to that. <laughs> no, you're going to be. A, you're going to be rubbish, aren't you? Yeah, I know you're going to be rubbish. Yeah. I'm the voice yeah. of the youth. Anyway, finishing the story. Uh, 19th century. Then you get the invention of IPA. Do you know what IPA is? I think I suspect you do. I do. Indian what pale ale. Exactly. And why, possibly mythically, is it called India pale ale? Because they used to take it to India. Uh-huh. Absolutely and right. Pale, and, and it, it was an ale. Indeed. And it's very hoppy because that yeah, keeps it... Because it helps it travel. For the long journey. Yeah. So that's an introduction in the 19th century. Then in the 20th century, a man who soul is burning in hell, happens. And it comes from Canada. <laughs> and I found this the worst bit of the story because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, everything that is good, truthful, and honest comes from Canada. A boot? Doesn't yeah. It? I mean, you know, nobody has done, ever done anything nasty or had a crossword in Canada. Mm. Isn't that true? Their prime minister blacked up quite frequently. He did, but it was quite a long time ago. More time ago and then, you know, we have got, well, no, we'll go there. You know, we've, we've learned that that's not a good idea, but, you know, yes. back then, I didn't know. My, I'm sure my mother would have blacked up without a moment's thought. Anyway, so Eddie Taylor, a Canadian who comes right. and absolutely creates carling and nationalises and commercialises and globalises, starts that process in in the uk and you get the process where we get to the 70s where you've got the big six brewers they've all bought up the little local guys they're creating beer which is mass produced cheap but they're cutting costs and cutting corners they're putting it in kegs because kegs you take all the all the brewing elements out of it so you make it absolutely standard a bit like lager actually and transportable and reliable rather than car scale, which still has a bit of the sediment in it and therefore is a living, live thing brewing. that if you don't keep it very well, still brewing. If you don't keep it well, you know, it'll, it'll taste tor- terrible. Yeah. Yes, that sort of lager, what we used to call disco juice. 
disc golf is. Disc is, yeah. <laughs> and the stuff you still get now. I mean, when we had a a do yeah. for the uh, for one of the daughters, I went down to the supermarket and I bought trays of pea. Yeah. And it cost about one pound twenty five for a cubic ton. Yeah, and you were ripped off at that. Probably was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. You know, we get to the 70s, and certainly when I was starting to go down the pub, I don't think I knew any better. I'm not sure I do now, to be honest. You know, you got a very mass-produced product yeah. kept in a keg, um, which didn't have a lot of variety. Yeah. And then in 1971, who comes and saves us, Luke? Mm, Jimi Hendrix. No, although one of the people that saved us is called Michael Jackson, interesting enough. No. Not to the Michael Jackson, I take it. Somebody who no, started Michael, camera no. the campaign for real ale. Well done. It's have old. I told you my have I told you my very funny headline in the Times? No. Or maybe you have, but it said uh, camera camera meetings get bitter. Or something like that. Anyway, anyway, it was very good. So having yeah. an argument about the young people were saying the young people were saying, "Hey, cameras getting irrelevant. We need to bidding these hipster beers. Otherwise, you'll be just turn into an an old old man's drinking club." Yeah. And a camera, I think, are thinking mm, that sounds good. That, that sounds, sounds all right yeah. to me. It sounds fantastic for me. It's been amazingly yeah. successful. I mean, the campaign for real ale. You know, I mean, you do, you yeah. know, you don't have all that crappy beer any lagers anymore. You get nice beers at wherever you go. It's really you worked. get fantastic mm. beers. But there's, there's more than camera than that. But certainly, that is yeah. what well, a massive success that camera have had, and they're still alive and kicking. The future of Cascale is looking a little bit more dicey. Actually, largely one of the reasons that Carscale has done well is also a chap that you're not going to like, a chap called Tim Weatherspoon. Yeah. Because although Tim <laughs> Weatherspoon is, uh, likes Brexit and is, you know, a mass chain, he makes sure they have Carscale well right. kept yeah. within all yeah. of their outlets. And without get... Tim Weatherspoon, it might be quite a different story. Yes, but I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you do look quite like a camera member, a stereo with your yes. sort of... I'm emotionally, I keep on being sort of jumper. I, yes. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm wearing sandals Are over you? my socks. Good. I'm not, actually, but I should be. And I should be wearing yeah. shorts, obviously. Yes. With <laughs> you really believed in the cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I keep meaning to sign up to camera. Yeah. I can't believe I'm not. I mean, I was born to be in camera. You, you were born to be, yeah. Anyway. So camera came along and they made a right old fuss and a big campaign saying, look, you are making us drink rubbish and making making everybody aware that they were drinking cheap, commoditized oh. tripe. And mm. it worked. Yeah. People began to take an interest. And although it's still one sector of the market and you've still got, you know, people drinking we, carbonated we, <laughs> nonetheless, car scales are back. Yeah. So the other guy was a chap called Michael Jackson, who I didn't know about. <laughs> and he was particularly well-known because oh. he... Oh, do you know him? No, that was my Michael Jackson. You know. Oh, <laughs> genius. <laughs> genius. Uh, is, uh, yeah, you probably, you, you should probably be tell. on the stage, mate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, if you've got any other impressions, you know, yeah. leave them until we've finished. Well, the listeners will think Michael Jackson's alive now because you know you can see me. You can see, see it's not actually Michael Jackson, but ah, oh, that is true. But I was looking at my notes. You see, I wasn't looking at you. Right. <laughs> He's alive. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry. He's alive. <laughs> He's here. Anyway, so Michael Jackson was a journalist and writer. He did a lot of work where he categorised the different types of beer. Basically, he put I mean, not exactly science around it, but some sort of categorisation around beer. He was an absolute lover of. Belgian beer, so much so that they gave them an award, which they never give to people who are not actual brewers. So mm. they love him in Belgium because he made their beers so popular. And he made ales popular in the US, apparently. So he produced something called the World Guide to Beer. Um, and it that really took on in America, I am told. People got the message. So there was an American cartoon, apparently, which captioned 
Michael Jackson in hell, and they depict a drawing of him being offered a can of Miller Lite um, by the devil. <laughs> yes, because American beer is massive across. Are truly well, American awful. beer was. Was, but American appalling. pale ales are lovely. I, it's one of my favourite things. Yeah, they have They're fantastic really ales now. I mean, the story mm. was I went to to uh, some conference in America, some publisher's thing, and uh, a bloke took me around Brooklyn. We went around a whole load of really good pubs, uh, bars, and had some superb beer. Yeah, yeah. So it's really taken off there as well. You get yeah. some. And, of course, what the last I'm... thing we need to talk about in a Sorry. sense is, is microbrewing, mm. which has just gone absolutely bananas. You know, there are now far more micro brewers than more more brewers now than there have ever been yeah so apparently the story is that that also started in the 70s right selby brewery which uh and where do you think that was selby correct where is selby germany <laughs> no oh come on no. <laughs> yorkshire sorry of course Come on, Selby Coalfield and all that. No? Okay. Um, So Selby Brewery was formed by a chap called Martin Sykes in 1972. And that started the trend of saying, look, small brewer, local, locally produced material, unique. We're giving you quality here. It might cost a few, Bob, but we're giving you quality here and something you can feel local pride in. Um, So that fuels growth of variety. It's definitely not just an English farm and anything anything but anymore. But there are fourteen hundred breweries across the UK now, six thousand different ales available on a regular basis, which is a long way from the big six. Yeah. Right. Little quiz coming up, but before we do that, let's take a short break, Luke, to hear from some interesting sponsors. Yeah. If we have any, that is to say. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So that's sort of a history. Going back to Michael Jackson for a moment, um, let me give you a little quiz, okay? I'm going to give you a type of beer, as defined by Jaikal Maxson, and you're going to tell me what is distinctive about it. Okay? (laughs) You ready? Yes. Pen poised? Mm -hmm. Lager. should know that because we've just talked about it. What's distinctive about it? Bottom Brewer. Bottom Correct. Something. Bottom. Yes. I remember the, the bottoms. Bottom. Yeah. Bottom. Can uh, <laughs> I say again? Bottom. Bottom. <laughs> Sorry. So apparently most of today's lager is based on the original Pilsner style, which was yep. pioneered in 1842 in the town of Pilsen. In so ale. What is I'm sorry? Ale, um, ale doesn't have hops in it. No, I'm talking about modern real ale. Pardon me. It has lots of hops in it. It has a lot of hops in it. Like, it is a beer. Beer, sorry, I should have said, actually, beer took off definitively in England in about the 16th century, basically. And old ale disappeared. Yes, but ale, originally, the, what distinguished ale from beer was that beer had hops in it. Yes, indeed. You're absolutely yes. correct. But now we've taken the word ale yes. and we've this one made it something here. different, haven't we? This we've one turned it here. into something which is any, yeah, any top fermenting, yeah. uh, fermented at a higher temperature yeah. type beer we now call an ale. This one's got four types of hop. Oh, it's a hipster beer then, isn't it? Well, not, that is a hipster beer. Not, Anybody got, who warbles on about their hops I've got more is a hipster. Worse. Yes, it even tells Have you, you what... I can imagine you do. These are dreadful. You will hate them. Yeah. Well, I've got... Both. Well, we'll come to the beers that we've got Fair in a moment. moment. Yeah. Give me some types of ale off the top of your head. If you in went the... to a pub, you might see 
what types of ale? Not makes, not companies. So we're talking just... like, you know, stout. Are we going yeah, through all that stout. sort of thing? Stout, American pale ale, Indian pale ale. Um, yeah. It'd be a bitter. Yeah, bitter. Lager. Um, yeah. Session, session IPA. Yes, there's another one. That. Session. To what, what denotes a session beer? What's, what defines that? <laughs> Is it not... Um, that you <laughs> that slightly got less alcohol and you can have a real session on it. Correct. Oh, it is that. Right. Absolutely. Okay, that. Gonna be something Absolutely that. Oh, good. Pale ale, we've talked about a bit, but apparently yeah. pale ale is, is lighter. It's quite bitter. Uh, its color originally came from roasting malt over Coke, which gave it a lighter color, which is, I did not know. Yeah. Golden ale. Tell me about golden ale. What's the difference uh, golden ale and larger? It would be hoppier. Yes, sort of. Actually, what they did was they said, look, we want a, a top fermenting ale, which has definitely got an ale taste, but we want to compete with larger. And people like the light, clear taste of larger. Yeah. So a chap called uh, John Gilbert set up a brewery called Hops Back, um, and he created this golden ale, which is yeah. an ale rather than a bottom fermenting larger, but it yeah. looks a bit like a lager and it's got that lightness of taste. Yeah. What is it that makes a mild mild? It's not so strong. Um, I think it can be quite strong, actually. So London Porter, for example, in the 18th century was very strong, actually. Um, and why, is it, why is it called a porter? Because the London Porters loved it. Oh, well done. And yeah. I thought, who nicked it? Who nicked, who nicked it? London Porter? Yeah. I don't know. Who nicked London Porter? Guinness. Bill Sykes. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Alfred Guinness took your London Porter, took it back to Dublin, and they still make it. Yeah. So mild is doesn't go in a vat. It takes right. less time to brew, brew, therefore, and it's less bitter because of right. that. So little that's the sort of thing that Michael Jackson did. He said, look, there are these different types of ale, and it depends how you make them, and people began to realise there was some craft in it. So we're back to the question then of why, you know, what is individual about English ale? So why yeah. don't we, and I think one of the arguments is that makes it difficult is that England has always been an extremely international place. Has yeah. it not? It has indeed. So it has a bit of a reputation for xenophobia, actually, which I think is kind of the weirdest reputation on the planet, because if you go into a, any pub really many pubs you will come across beer from belgium germany australia ireland india holland spain portugal america as yep. well as england scotland and, and wales yeah incredibly international and that's happened well yes but we might it might be that we're we're more welcoming to beers than we are to people because we, we can still be having loads of be... international beers and still be xenophobic <laughs> to people coming across a little well, bit I... I'm not convinced we are, actually, right. if we're going to have that argument. You Next go down month, any street, certainly in London, yeah. Leicester, Birmingham, yeah. people from all over the place. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so um, so we're very international. So if we've got all these international beers, you know, is it surely England has just been taken over by the rest of the world? So let's, shall we share the beers that you pick from your cupboard? Mm. You go first. What have you got? Yes. Well, the one or shall I, I go first because you're taking it? Well, I've just poured yes, is that well, one. It's, it's, called. it's called Pale Four, and it's handcrafted uh -huh. with four hops. And they're all American hops, actually. American yeah. Amarillo, American Cascade, uh -huh. American Simcoe, and American Citra. So it's an American uh -huh. yes, West There's a reason Coast why American IPA hops are style. very popular. Yeah. So, it's what it is. And so where's IPA. that made? It's made in Tring. So it's very Tring, local. in Buckingham. Yes. Very good. Actually, it's right Thanks. between you and me, actually, wouldn't it be? Geographically speaking. My first one is, because we've got three each, haven't we? My okay. first one is Old Speckled Hen. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Distinctive okay. And that English. is made, I'm supposed to know that. It's Oxfordshire, isn't it? Old Speckled Hen. Anyway. It's quite mass produced, isn't it? You see that? Yes. I must admit, I didn't have any great ales in my cupboard. Which yeah. is one of the problems with me. I went down to the pub and I said, uh, "Can you, is this a keg or a cask ale? And I said, don't know. So um, I went down another one and I said, is this a keg or a cask after I tried it? And I guessed with my family. Uh, and they said, no, nah, it's keg. Well, good. So I don't, I'm buggered if I know the difference between cask ale and right. keg, but I can get very passionate about it nonetheless. Yes, yes even though, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Just my... get in the way of me having an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's the next one? Right, this is my one I've got. This is almost designed on so many levels to wind up David or, and any sort of camera. Ah, you know, sort of it's called Emperor Nero. So, no, no. So it's it's called El Perro Negro, the Black Dog. Okay. In Spanish. Awesome. Yep. Produced in Marvelous. Scotland. Good. So the, <laughs> it's a Scottish beer. It produced in Scotland. Uh, uh, yeah, Excellent. called El Perro Negro. And, uh, and along the top is it's Zesty Seville Orange. Uh-huh. And gluten-free pilsner uh, right. yes i thought that might you might not have okay. so scottish Excellent. scottish hipster beard david you know uh, actually really taken on the microbrewery yeah. stuff because you're you, you you promoted beer 52 occasionally that's what yeah, I, thought. I mean beer 52 yeah. Yeah. i mean i was so excited about that oh, this is fantastic i'm gonna love this and then, so I did, I did the stuff because it, you know, just sounded great. And I did the promotion, and it, they were going to send me a box of beer, and they yeah. took ages to arrive. So I had to do the promotion before the beer arrived. Uh, so I, you know, talked glowingly about it. The box of beer that came was absolute C R A P. Don't crap. say that. We we could be getting money out of this. Yeah, I love I'm them. sorry, I but I mean, it was just utter tripe. Right. Full of raspberry beer. Anyway, yes. I've ranted about this, I'm sure, before. Yes. But I, anyway, I have, so I you're, you had a, um, a peach pale ale. You've got a peach one. Oh, yeah. just shoot me in the head. I, I, shoot I, me in the head now. We've been drinking them with my neighbour, and, and he's quite sort of gallant about taking the really foul ones. Yeah. Yeah. I must admit, I gave this box of beer to uh, to Craig, is his boyfriend. My next one is a bottle-conditioned uh, calf ale. Yeah. which is St. Austell, uh Brewery, Tribute Pale Ale again. I seem to have lots of pale ales for some mm. reason. So camera apparently authorise cask condition bottle beer as a, a real ale. Good. Your third one? My third one, actually the one I was, again, this is Scottish, but that was very nice. That was an organic unfiltered <laughs> uh, IPA called Spider Monkey. Right. From the Black Isle, okay. Uh, but these, these these are all your uh, you know microbreweries. They, these are all Scottish microbreweries. Yeah. So the beer fifty. I have to say I am. Com- that, you know, every month it's yeah, from beer one 52 country. Are a distribution group, aren't they? Yes, but every month they do a, a different country. So this right. month it was Scotland. It was Scotland. Ah. Uh, very good. Yes, Dave. Um, I mean, I have to say I'm slightly conflicted about microbreweries. Yeah, because on the one hand. They produce some absurd beers produced yeah. on the basis of market segmentation that yeah. we have to warble on in it. It's very marketing driven, yeah. very hipster driven. We're going to write, produce all this highfalutin tripe about our beer <laughs> when a really good, really good beer is produced with local materials, high quality yeah. materials, with yeah. love and affection. And it's a local beer, in my view, in my humble yes. uh, view. And all that microbrewery stuff is driven by market segmentation and finding a niche and a bit of a USP. Yeah. On the other hand, it is lovingly produced beer on small quantities with a massive range of tastes. Yeah. So what's yeah. not to like? Yeah. So the beer. although I harbour <laughs> a deep, bitter resentment, I realise that I'm wrong, so to do. Yeah. I'd just like to say that publicly. Indeed. Anyway, my third beer is my local beer, uh, which I get every month sent to me, which yeah. is Mar- the Marlowe Brewery. Oh, yeah. This particular one is called Rebellion, and Very it's nice. a dark, deep, red, yeah. malty ale, 4.5% proof, and it is a dream and a delight. It's a yeah. premium ale with deep reddish hue and packed with complex malt and hop character. A blend of crystal and roasted malts gives a real richness to the beer. Ooh. Seems yeah. to me that... It's definitely in the microbrews ever talk about malt or just warble on yeah. about hops. Yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> uh, it, there's definitely a sort of strand of beers, and you know that that would be in which the sort of you know Brexity beers, you know, have sort of like Spitfire or Bombardier, and yes, yes, you know that, that's, that's right. definitely that's a market segmentation in itself, isn't it? Yes, old yeah. England, it's old glory, yes. rebellion, rebellion. We, we uh-huh. fought the yes. rich. Yeah, yes, we're free. We from... brought them down. Yeah, we are the home of democracy, mm. Luke. We're free from the shackles of Europe. <laughs> <Rebel>. Yes, <laughs> whoa, go to that. Go for that. Yes, yeah. 
free from the shackles of Europe and all that. Well, okay, a, a so I've got for you, David. My... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Have you, you know, ever uh, home brewed? <laughs> my dad used to, so I never no. will. Right. No, <laughs> I, I did. But... I've never tasted anything more disgusting yeah. than my father's homebrew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are things you just can't do as well at home. No, exactly. No, no. And people do. Have you do homebrewed? No. Yes, I've done lots of that sort of stuff, but not not beer. Um, I mean, my dad did wine as well. Yes. I mean, it's it's why my hair looks the way it does, to be honest. But out of elderberries or something. <laughs> I don't know. Wine producer, <laughs> just too too gross. And did he smell? Uh, he, it? He did he smell it away? <laughs> uh, no, we, <laughs> no. Uh, I wasn't close enough to his bottom. <laughs> right. <good. laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, the point about all this internationalism uh, mm. and how international we are and where it all comes from and all the rest of it is that what is it that then that makes England distinctive with its yeah. beer? And because I think generally people think beer is something about England. It's quite yes. difficult to pin down what it is. And one of the things I think it might be about is the combination of the beer and the environment in which it is drunk. Yeah. Because one of the things that is quite distinctive, certainly about Britain, Paul Jennings argues about England, but I'm not convinced by that, is the pub. Yeah. Is it not? So most places in the world have bars. Yeah. Do they not? Is that yeah. or is that an outrageous no, totally statement? No. Yeah. Yeah. So that and we've been through a various different iterations of beer from very simple ale houses, which were basically people's front room. I think Palmerston, I think, licensed beer houses might have been John Peel, very cheap establishments. I think there were about 118,000 pubs at its height around the turn of the 19th century. Um, there were gin palaces, and you can still see that if you go yeah. around London. We used to have a, on the Strand, we used to have a fantastic gin palace near us. All that, those mirrors and that glass, and absolutely mm. gorgeous, you know, beautiful. Um, so in the 19th century was really the emergence of what we now think of as a pub with multiple rooms and a bar and a, a snug and a um, a lounge bar and a you know one for the proles. Yeah. And I say about 118,000. Uh, we're now losing 30 a week, apparently. So there are about 41,000 pubs left in England, 3,000 in Wales and 3,500 in Scotland. What's your favourite pub? Oh, my lo my favourite local is we've got one. We had one called the Crown at Pishill. Um, people insist on calling it Pishill, but it isn't. It's Pishill. Mm. Sorry. And uh, Russell Brand has just bought it. Oh, <laughs> so a bit worried about what's what he's going to do to it. <laughs> Lovely pub, very basic. Yeah. Does a bit of food. I had one very happy period of my life, Luke, when we when we were young and before we had children, because children get in the way of being alive, oh, essentially. Yes. Um, and we lived in a little village with a local pub. That local pub did not serve much food. Basically, Daff and Ken, who were the publicans, would serve, you could have a ham cob, <laughs> you could have a cheese cob, yeah. Or you could have a ham and cheese cob if you really wanted to push the boat out. And now, of course, that <laughs> you don't find pubs like that anymore, no. do you? you? Everybody has yeah. to make food in order to make money, and we could get into why that is. Breakspeare's yeah. Brewery no longer brews beer. They're just property companies that manages their pubs and screws their landlord yeah. until they have to give up. And then they sell the property and make a, make a packet. Brewers have turned into the work of the devil. Yes. The, the pub in our village has just closed down. It, it's... It was rubbish for years, but it's always been rubbish. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it's finally but you know, it's sad to see it go. Very sad to see I it mean, go. We've, yeah. you know, we've still got some great pubs around as it happens, and I'm yeah. sure there'll always be a market for it. But of course, it but it is, yeah. it is smaller than it used to be. Um, the one pub that, that we're near where I used to live in a village called Rackley near Edge Hill in near Banbury. Oh yeah, you know that right. overlooks the Battle of Edge Hill. Um, right, yeah. And, and and that apparently was, dates back to 1098 um, because it was actually ah, it was Lord. a room you know where they were building the church just the the, the Rose and Crown in Ratley, um, and it's been right. a, a, an inn since 1775, um, which is very cool. I think isn't the oldest pub in um, Nottingham the, in something. England in Nottingham, Nottingham or something yeah. the road to Jerusalem or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I love all that and. 
you know, we could go on about you know the inn and how that different differs and the role of the inn mm. in town and uh, urban life. You know, there's a whole history of different types of drinking establishment, but you know, there obviously there isn't time. But I would say that that pub experience is still pretty distinctive, certainly to Ireland and the British Isles. And that is part of the thing about the beer, the fact you can get you can get so much choice, but always there there will be a bitter and an ale yeah. of some kind, even if it's keg. Because I think that's what you know we find with you know, Germany is obviously beer, you know, for the this was the things that made Germany, beer would be a massive thing too. And there are lots of other countries it that would, drink yeah. beer and, and it's distinctive to them, but it's it's a different slightly different drink maybe although we you know we obviously drink or well, belgium um you know they, they, i'm <laughs> drinking german beer all the time i yeah. mean i've got loads of german beer i think in fact, the... if it was the things that made belgium and have one episode and it would be beer <laughs> yes Sorry, indeed. that's not fair and that's, chips, yes that's so unfair and belgians have got lots of very interesting things yes um, and, 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 and eddie merckx um mm-hmm. a few fictional detectives uh yeah <laughs> yes, I mean in in Germany they have obviously a very distinctive tradition around their beer, and Germ- you know you think of what's distinct about Germany. One of the things is the type of beer. But you did say something very intelligent once, only once. It's got to be said. But you did once say something very intelligent about humour. That in that we talk about English humour, and yes, of course it's true. But actually, it's a very commonplace thing to say because humour is very cultural. Yeah. Um, you know, almost by definition, and therefore there's an American humour and there's a German yeah. humour, there's an Australian humour, as it were, and it's the same about beer. Surely, mm-hmm. yes, of course, beer is very English and very distinctively English. In England, there is a distinctive type of beer, and people associate that with England. Um, but there are the only distinctive thing really about the beer you can get in England is cask ale. I would mm. argue. I don't think you get Carscale anywhere else anymore, do you? I, yeah, I mean, I maybe you do get it in dribs and drabs and small amounts, but it's not a tradition anywhere else, is it? Yeah, yeah I don't know what they um, happened. You know, in Spain, they're really fussy about it all coming out with exactly the right head and then little canyas and cold mm. and, you know, um, and it's that's a tradition there um, and very, very strong. Yeah. You know why um, people like cold beer, don't you? Because it's refreshing? No, because it means you can't taste it. No. no. So you can eat, drink any no. old crap, and who cares? See, I think it I'm, makes obviously sense. I'm being slightly aggressive here. Yeah. But, but warm beer, sense. or less cold beer, you can taste the flavours. <laughs> no, but can't I think you? It's, I mean, that it's, is it's, for the, it's for the situation. Inarguably true. You know, and I, I had my Spanish friends over, and it was really foggy, and we went to the pub, and we sat down, and the beer wasn't too freezing cold and they were like oh now we get it you know but in yes. spain I mean, it's boiling true. hot and you know you don't want you don't you'd want yes. something absolutely freezing cold that yeah, really super refreshing and really fuss about i got a good thing I from see, St. Cuth- can... my, my st cuthbert quote oh yes yeah for sixth century um and he's complaining that drunkenness is peculiar to the english neither the franks oh yes nor the gauls nor the lombards nor the romans nor the greeks commit it so it's quite good. So yeah, we. So that stereotype, if it's true, has been around since the sixth yes. century. Uh, it's quite good. I mean, it is true, but of course, they'd have said lots of other things about. You know, other people would have insulted other people in other ways because people are given to insulting yeah. um, uh, other nationalities. Indeed, um, Saint Cuthbert's quote yes, about the Italians lots... driving was very funny as well. <laughs> what Cuthbert? <laughs> yeah. No, that was, wasn't, wasn't it a bit before the motor car? He was. That was the joke. But... Okay. Yeah, please. sorry. <laughs> Very good joke. I'm sorry I missed it's it. Hilarious. Right yeah. straight over my head. <laughs> actually, I've got a few um, other quotes, actually. Uh, there's another English missionary, um, well, English missionary, St. Boniface. He Wait. did a lot of travelling in Germany, I think. He, who wrote, in your diocese, the vice of drunkenness is too frequent. This is an evil peculiar to pagans and to our race. That's the English. Neither the Franks, nor the Gauls, nor the Lombards, nor the Romans, nor the Greeks commit it. So that's the same quote. It is the same quote. Well, I've got I've St. Got Boniface as... and you've got... Ooh, I've got it down as... Uh, yeah. yeah. Huh? Well, 
There I you go. Interesting. I, 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 I got mine off a podcast, so I'm sure yours is. Ah, uh, so it's probably rubbish. Um, yeah, John yeah. Salisbury. The constant yeah. habit of drinking has made the English famous among all nations. The 13th century, St. John of Salisbury. Right. Uh, I learned it. His, oh, Othello, quote from Othello. I learned it in England, where indeed they are most potent in potting. Your Dane, your German, your swag-bellied Hollander, drink ho on nothing to your English. Excellent. There you go, jolly old Shakespeare. I looked Even that up very quickly. It. The... Um... It was Boniface writing to Cuthbert. Ah, by golly! Well, so we, and so we scared. So you were square right. The circle. Yeah, but were, yeah. we were both right. Well, no, both you right. were right. It was actually Boniface who said it. Okay, we were both right, but I was a little bit writer. Shall we agree on that? <laughs> Let's go with that. Very British compromise. Very good. Yeah. So, I mean, my argument is that beer, despite the fact that everybody has it, despite the fact there are lots of different cultures around beer, and Germans and Belgians in particular would lay claim to beer being part of their cultural heritage, there is very much a distinctive beer. And the only thing that confuses me slightly, confuses the argument a little bit, is that it seems to me that everybody else associates ale with England. You know, do you no. not think you know that's with people say in England they will say beer? Yes. Or not. Yes. I mean yep. they might say rubbish beer. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless they'll say beer. I would have said that, yes, exactly. So, you know but as I say, you you can get a lot of very fine beer in in Spain, but I mean if you were to think what's the Spanish drink, you'd probably think wine. And the French you'd think wine. Yes. And they're, indeed, you know, they're indeed, wine, yes, much, much more wine culture. Yeah, you know, we, we've got loads of Italian beers. I mean, Peronis and things like that are massive here. Yeah. But, I mean, we'd still think of Italy as a wine culture. Yes, indeed. The other, the other thing about beer is that it's become, I think, in England, also a part of national identity. So it's not just other people thinking about us. It's also part of our identity, isn't it? Yeah. So chap called Sidney Smith in 1823. What two ideas are more inseparable than beer and Britannia? Uh, and then Paul Jennings dug out a drinking song. Let us sing our own treasures, old England's good cheer, the profits and pleasures of stout British beer. Your wine tippling drams sipping fellows <laughs> retreat, but your beer drinking Britons can never be beat. <laughs> Luke, I put Excellent. it to you. Yes. Yeah, but also because they didn't, they sort of promoted beer again, didn't they? When after sort of Hogarth and all the sort of when the gin took over and 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 all the sort of yes. uh, working class were drinking too much gin and the, and they they tried to re-promote beer because they would get less drunk. Um, well, H- Hogarth, of course, was a very nationalist and patriotic bloke yeah. despite you know rake's progress and all the, the criticisms and yeah. social comment on them he was very patriotic indeed and he associated beer with everything that was yeah. right about england and wine and anything else as yeah. everything that was wrong about the continent that very famous gin p- picture i think there's a there's a, yes. a pair that goes with it that's sort of the beer yeah. one and everyone's healthy and lovely and, yeah. and everything's doing really well um and it's only yeah. the money gin alley Gin Alley and Bear Street. Yes. And the money lender is the only person who looks unhappy because he yes. <laughs> he's doing well out of the gin drinkers. Yes. <laughs> and he can't get anything at Bear Street. The money yeah. lenders on his uppers. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else to say, Luke? We've been a bit unstructured, I must admit. But I would, despite the fact that beer is everywhere, I think there is a distinctive English style. There are distinctive English beers. Uh, car scale in particular that you don't get elsewhere yep. and the environment is very specific at least to the British Isles and Ireland yep. I, so I, I rest my case, it should go dans le cabinet for me I would have to back you up on that, I, I, I think very much it would go in right. the cabinet and we're doing it again we are, we're, we're, we are. we're we've so got to do something which we don't yeah, yeah. They've been teasing us on Facebook. Quite impressed that the sun is remains outside. Yes, the cabinet, I think it, I didn't it? check that fact. I just came out with it. Um, and yes. speaking of the uh, Facebook, we should um, hand over to our Facebook roundup 
Here we go. The comedy series uh, didn't turn out to be quite the multi-episode masterwork that David and I had envisaged, but we enjoyed ourselves putting it together and it did lead to some fun discussions. The second and ultimately final episode in the series was about Blackadder, and we had 53 votes in favour of Blackadder going into the cabinet, eight votes, including David himself, for no, boobs to that, and six people voted for Wibble. Interestingly, it was my passing reference to Pink Floyd that caused most comments. Luckily, our own dear Eric, guest presenter of this very episode, is made of strong stuff. Otherwise, he might have taken offence at me dissing the album that he named his daughter Piper after. It's just Piper, by the way. I don't think even Eric would saddle her with the full title of Piper at the Gates of Dawn. That would be quite a mouthful when calling her in for her supper. Do they say supper? The title, incidentally, was taken from something that maybe we should explore one day the wind in the willows. We were keen to get discussion going about what English humour was and whether there was such a thing at all, and the baton was picked up by, amongst others, Stephen, who gave us not only the proper rendition of my sister's interrupting cow joke, but also a potted history of where It Ain't Half Hot Bum sits in David Croft's World War II trilogy. Come to the Facebook page for details. It has been a while since our last podcast episode, but the Facebook page continues to be quite lively, with plenty of contributions on all kinds of things. But the one that caused the biggest flurry of responses was David's post about the etymology of the word Marmite. But it wasn't David's surprise at finding out that the jar is shaped like a casserole, and there is a picture of a casserole on the jar, because Marmite means casserole. It was that it turns out that David doesn't like Marmite. Not surprising, really. I mean, he's wrong on many things, but Marmite is, well, like Marmite. And you either love it or you hate it. I think my favourite post is Alison Mary's question about knickers and trousers versus bras, vests and jumpers. Again, do come to the Facebook page to find out what that's all about. We have had lots of requests for episodes on a wide variety of subjects, but even if they never get made, they can trigger an interesting discussion on Facebook. Gosh, wasn't that great? Whoever did that, thank you very much. Ah, that was great. Thank you. Okay, very good. (laughs) So we've concluded the combination of pub plus ale is an important aspect of being English, even if you happen to spend your life drinking Chardonnay in a wine bar, yeah? Yeah. Uh, So the things that made England has a Patreon page, which is uh, www.patreon.com forward slash ttme um we've got three tiers but basically um we would really just be very grateful if anyone signs up and we've got fantastic people like uh, marilyn little eric trometer michelle gersich kurt christian rowena card steve doc pinko cloutier Rochelle booth and we would like to welcome aboard Glassy Witch as our newest uh, yes. supporter. We have way up, yep. Um, as well as Guy Smith, Catherine, Foe, Rob, and Joseph Smith. Smiths. Thank Fantastic. you very much. They're to all, all lo- of you. Well, we're very yeah. grateful indeed. It's lovely of everybody to be his patron. Very, yeah. Thank you very much. Come and join them. Yes. So, uh, are we done? Thank I you very much are. for listening, everybody. Thank you very much. I hope much. we have come to the right conclusion. But come and argue with us on the Facebook site, obviously, the things that made England, and tell us just how wrong I am and indeed, or how wrong Luke is, or we both are, in fact. Thank you for listening and uh, goodbye from me and goodbye from me. And thank you very much, David. That was wonderful. Very good. Very good indeed. All right. Bye, everyone. Cheers. God for Harry. And these are the things that made England. England and St. George. These are the things that made England. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.